This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, your source for college hockey in the desert southwest. Part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest, around the world, around the United States, Canada. Happy Thanksgiving Day to Canada a couple of days late here. But uh, Paul Hornstein, live from Long Island, on Long Island in New York. Scott Strandy here in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona, where it has now cooled down to 95 for the daytime <laughs> high. Yeah. Sweetness, uh, Paul. I did not know this, but they have Canadian restaurants in the Valley of the Sun. Oh, yeah. I did oh, not yeah. know this. I, I didn't they know that Canadian that was a communities thing. in the Valley of the Sun. No, no, no. Listen, I, oh, listen, I knew <laughs> that the Valley had a lot of... Uh, I don't hate to use the word snowbirds, but let's face it. And and full-time residents from Canadian cities, especially Western Canada. What I didn't know that they had was Canadian restaurants. Right. And, <laughs> and a good friend of mine who is a devotee of all things Canadian, you know, went out with some of her friends and celebrated uh, Canadian Thanksgiving. I'm like, <laughs> what? Wait, how? Yeah. Where? Right. He goes, they have Canadian restaurants here. I'm like, really? I don't remember those. Those must obviously were after I left. They came, they came after 1989. Uh, well, yeah, clearly, because I I was not aware so of So did a lot of things, Paul. So I did a lot know, of things. Like highways and freeways. <laughs> I didn't have any of those when I was there either. So. All right. Well, let's just jump right into it. Uh, okay. The poll came out. The uh, Sun Devils were in the poll receiving two votes. Probably where they should be. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, you know, I mean, what do you say? I mean, that, as you and I were discussing off camera, and we'll, we'll go to blows here shortly over it, but as I look at it, are they playing good? Obviously, no, they're not playing good. Are they playing up to their expectations? No, they're not. But they're basically one win shy of where they were last year at this time. That's and, true. I can't argue with and that. I, and I set it up as, Oh, they need two more wins this year, which makes it more difficult because I don't believe 23 wins is going to get them into the tournament. I think it's going to take 24. So if you do the math and you look at the schedule, you've got to win a lot of hockey games coming down the road. Oh, yeah. You need 23 more the rest of the way. And it yeah. has to start this weekend at Air Force. You no, just have to start clicking. You can't you can't rely on Sanchez, Walker, and Kumanzis, who, by the way, were again together on the ice in practice today, so I think that line is coming back. Um, I sent you a text from practice today, and I said 61, 7, and 23 are back together on the ice. And right. in net, Robbins looked really good. We have a guest today of, of uh, Evan DeBrower, and, uh, you know, I love Evan. I love the kid. I just don't know if he's the number one goaltender here or not. We'll find out. Um, in addition to that, I, I told you uh, – Carson Briere, I said, can we take that red shirt off? Because by God, that kid looks like he's ready to go. Now, I, I'm going to throw a little shade on people that I don't really normally like to do because I'm the good cop, right? Um, but, Usually. But Logan Genuine just is not what I expected to see from a guy that scored 61 goals in the North American Hockey League. I thought he would come in with a little more fighter. I thought he'd be battling a little harder. And maybe he is. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it in games. I'm not seeing it in practice. Uh, I'm just not seeing what I thought. I mean, coach laid it out for Johnny Walker what to do this summer, and right. Johnny's been doing it. Even in practice, Johnny's been working really hard, back-checking, uh, forward-checking real hard, not taking any time off on the shift. And I see a lot of that from Logan Genuine, and I hope it's a freshman thing, and I hope he's going to change it. But I didn't see that from Carson Briere, who knows he can't play this year, and yet he's going full bore in practice. Um, I'm really bummed out that I can't see Chris Grando practice because apparently he can't even practice. Really? So that doesn't make any he's, sense. He's walking around like the water boy, and I see him all the time, and I say, you know, how's it going, Chris? And, yeah, we're getting to be good friends because he's never on the ice. So I, there's, there's I, something I there which there's something there in the transfer part of it that says he cannot participate. Uh, with them in practices because he's not on the ice and there's nothing wrong with him. That's, let's talk, that's let's weird. Talk about I didn't what's, know that. 
let's talk about what's wrong with people. Uh, you mentioned it to me earlier. You said check on Gruber because he did not play. He's got an upper body injury. Right. Um, doubtful that he's going to even attempt to play this weekend from yeah, the way I, I saw it. I Just from the way they took him off the ice, uh, I would be surprised if he played this weekend, especially with uh, the, the week after being an off week. Uh, that would give yeah. him three weeks to heal up to play. Uh, that would be Denver, right? If I'm not mistaken. Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. Uh, Quinnipiac. I'm sorry. November 1st, Quinnipiac. December 1st is, is Denver. Um, so I would be surprised if he played this weekend at Air Force. Um, I don't know who else. Was, I, I, I guess Jax Murray is still out with his injuries. Uh, we yeah, haven't he's seen coming him back. He, he's, he's playing with a non-colored jersey now, so he is in contact. But okay. uh, whether he plays this weekend or not, I'm not sure. I can tell you that Coach watched uh, today's practice from the press box, and I can also tell you there was a lot of scrimmaging. As he likes to do, That his bag skate means five-on-five scrimmages. So he runs a five-on-five scrimmage, and then what he does is blow the whistle and says, gold on the boards. And gold goes across a couple of times, and then he goes maroon on the boards. And then they go across, and then they go back to five-on-five. Five. So his idea of a bag skate is you keep doing what you're doing and then you interject these skates and there's no time for, for breaking anywhere along the way. So it was interesting to watch the guys today. They, you could see there was some energy. I thought Connor Stewart was maybe the best defenseman out there today. He was, he was energetic. He was getting shots on net. He clearly looked like a guy that wanted a spot in that lineup and I think there's some other guys that maybe might lose their spot if they're not careful. Well, I can. This is this is what I will say. Um, we definitely had some high expectations going in, um, and I think we forget sometimes that the even though the recruiting class they had come in was uh, was was highly regarded. Uh, we forget that sometimes first-year players come in at different levels. And yep. and as excited as we were based off of last year, we figured some new recruits would come in and, and, and things would pick up right where they left off. Um, it didn't happen that way. Um, so I think we have to adjust ourselves. Um, I think that um, we thought that for example, we, we, we thought Genuine would do some scoring, and he hasn't yet. Um, honestly, the, the forwards outside of that combination of Walker, uh, Sanchez, and Kumanzis hasn't really produced much. Um, the, the third, <laughs> that's the understatement. I know, Paul. that's an understatement. That's the understatement. But I thought in the first two or three games that the second line had a few chances to score and just didn't. Um and I don't really think they've gotten almost any offensive zone time from the other six forwards. Uh, I, I think we just forget that some of these guys are making uh, adjustments to their game, either because they are new to college hockey or they're getting consistent playing time for the first time in a year or two. And there's an adjustment factor that we haven't really quite figured in yet. Um, I, I think it's, as we said with Genuine last week, he had a couple of chances to score, and I'm not trying to put this all on his shoulders, but it's an adjustment. It's, he didn't even come from the U. Not that there's anything. The North American League is considered a good league. It's not at the level of the USHL. Uh, so there's a, probably a bigger adjustment period than we accounted for as observers and onlookers. Um on the other hand, uh, you know, I, the defensemen, Semek and, and, and Judson, have come in and been uh, pretty smooth. But defense hasn't really been ASU's problem in these first four games. Um, it's been basically the lack of, of uh, finishing. And, um, you know, as far as the goaltending is concerned, you had we have Evan on with us today. Um you know, I think he's adjusting to being a guy that's gotten, you know, he hasn't played in two years. 
Yeah. And, and I think sometimes, you know, we forget those things too. Um, I thought Justin Robbins came in in the third period on the Saturday game. And considering he went in cold, I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think he looked very good in practice today. He was very sharp. sharp. He was up and down. He was making saves like uh, like you would expect him to do. I, a couple of things, and I'll kind of tease uh, my interview with Evan, and then we'll maybe go to the uh, the interview okay. with no Coach Powers today. So we got a, a secret Coach Powers. We got uh, Jacob Wilson sitting in for him. <laughs> Jacob found out at the last minute that I brought him as Coach Powers today. So you're not going to get a lot of things from Jacob Wilson, but Anyway, uh, Coach Powers in his regular meeting, so he couldn't sit in. But um, when I was talking with Evan, uh, I asked him a couple of things. I asked him how that room was, the goaltender's room, and if they were getting anything out of each other. I also asked him about, is it possible to get things out of each other when you're so many different styles? And I thought his answer to that was pretty good. And then I also asked him about Joey DeCourt. I said, have you and Joey had, had discussions about what this year might be like for you or what you can expect. And I thought that comment was kind of unique too. So unless you've got something else, let's jump into uh, to Jacob Wilson for about three minutes, and then we'll come back and we'll discuss uh, what was Minnesota State. Okay. All right. Let's take a quick break. Let's come on back and we'll visit with uh, Jacob Wilson sitting in for Coach Powers on the five-minute power play. Coach actually had to do coach work today. He had to go sit in the <laughs> meeting, so yeah, He'll be happy to hear about that. Oh, All yeah. right, we'll be right back with Jacob Wilson. Well, this week, folks, we don't have Coach Powers, but we got the next best thing. We got Jacob Wilson with us. So, uh, Jacob, first of all, welcome in. Ah, thanks for having me. Okay, it's a crazy, crazy hockey season, right? I mean, you started off, you got uh, four games under your belt right now. It was a tough weekend up in, uh, in Minnesota for you at uh, Minnesota State. But tell me a little bit about the weekend itself for you. How did you recap it? Uh, I think it's just a learning experience for us. You know, you got to keep our emotions under control and, and just focus on the things we can't control. So uh, we just got to keep pushing forward from here on out. What did you expect out of that team? You knew what they were returning, right? You knew the, the, the skill level that they had. You knew that there was their opening weekend. All of those things working against you. But how did you guys approach the entire weekend? Uh, same way we approach every weekend. We're going to play a great hockey team, and, and we got to focus on our game and, and play the way that we, what we go over before games. So, um, you know, it's the same way we approach any weekend. You're wearing a letter this year. Coach tells me it may be a different letter next year. I don't know if he's alluded to that yet, but what does that say about the trust that he puts in you especially? No, that's just humbling. Um, you know, uh, just for him to have the trust in me and, and more importantly my teammates too at the same time, it's, it's very humbling and I'm honored. As one of the captains in this group, you have a, a rough start, like you have a bad bounce and you lose that first game of the year and then you go up and play Minnesota State. Do you have to say anything in the locker room or does the, the team pretty much know where they're at? No, we got a great group of guys here and uh, everybody knows what they need to contribute and, and we know the standards, so it's, uh, it's a great group this year and we know what we got to do. You're facing a five-minute um, <laughs> major penalty again, which seems like something you guys have to face every weekend somewhere. Are you guys getting a bad rap? Do you feel like you're getting a bad rap from officiating, or do you think it's something that's just, it is what it is, and you just got to play through it? I, it is what it is. We can't control what goes on. We just got to play the game and, and focus on what we can't control. Okay, so you came off of a suspension that I didn't think was warranted last year. I call it the longest suspension in hockey because it was only two games, but it lasted nearly six months. How did you put up with that in your mind, the mental part of it? Uh, it happened. It's over. Nothing I can do now. Just keep, uh, keep looking for it. That's about it. Does it mean more to be back on the ice after you've had to go through something like that? Do you want to cherish every moment that's out there right now? Well, obviously, every time you're on the ice, you want to cherish that moment. You never know when... when uh, the last time you're going to be out there, so you just got to live in the present and have fun. Air Force coming up this weekend. What do you have to do to get a pair of wins? Play great hockey. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it, folks. It's as simple as that. Jacob Wilson said just play great hockey. Thanks for stepping in for Coach Powers today. Yeah, thank you. All right, we're back. Paul Hornstein, you had a chance to listen to about three minutes of Jacob Wilson. You got a lot of uh, – he was good at it. He was good at coach speak, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He gave exactly <laughs> the answers that you would expect. 
Um, that's not – that is what it is. Uh, they probably – do they practice these quotes in locker rooms at Mike games and midget games? Right, uh, maybe. When they're, you know, when they're doing their travel hockey? Because they're all good at it. They're all uh, – they've all got the lines rehearsed. Well, I would say that his comments today were even more structured than, than any anybody else we've had uh, as a – that's why I didn't really want to call – I told him that. I said, I know you only got a few minutes because you had to go to class, so let's call you Coach Bowers today and let's get the answer oh, yeah. that way. Because oh. this was not a, a true uh, pitchfork profile. That Evan will be that. He'll right. be coming up a little later. But um, he told me a couple of things that I, I took out of it. Number one is I asked him about the longest suspension, I think, ever in hockey, which was two games, but about six months. I asked him how he did that, how he mentally did it. He said, and whether he did this truly or not, this is what he told us. He said, basically, that I I blocked it out. I said, it is what it is, and I just tried to move on, which I guess is what you have to do, right? Yeah, you don't have a choice. Right. You don't have a choice. Um, well, let's talk, let's talk about this before we get going too deep into everything. Okay. Uh, ASU is is... Like it or not, they're being branded as a style of team. And it's not good. It's not good in Minnesota. It's not good other places. They have WCHA officials for the last couple of years now. They right. have WCHA rules and regulations and suspensions and all that stuff with them. But they're still getting labeled as a quote-unquote dirty physical team. Now, we saw Dominic Garcia hit, hit somebody in, in, from Mercyhurst right. in, uh, in mid-ice. Right. I thought it was a clean hit. It was a hard hit. So, of course, the hand went up in those two minutes. Now, I got to lean on you on this one. I did not see the hit at uh, Minnesota State. But, again, it resulted in a five-minute major. Right. And then worse than that, from what I understand, it, it, it resulted in two more guys going off the ice, happened to be your two best defensemen, getting double minors for four minutes. I mean, how in the world is anybody supposed to compete with that? I'm surprised that they didn't – that. Minnesota State didn't score a goal a minute and score five on that power play. Well, let's put it this way. If you heard the coach's comments after the game. Oh, I did. Oh, I did. Uh, um, and a lot of people did. Um, he's a little frustrated with it, too. Um, you know, when they first made the jump to NCAA, um, he came out and said, I had to get big physical guys in order for us to you know, just to stay relatively competitive because they didn't have the skill guys. Um, and he also said at the beginning of this year that the, the, the team needs to stay more disciplined and stay out of the box. And uh, I, all I can tell you about the hit against, uh, against Minnesota State was uh, the announcers from Minnesota State didn't start crowing about how it should be a five-minute penalty until after they saw the slow-motion replay. Right. Okay. Um, And we don't know. I would assume they would have announced a suspension by now if there was going to be one. Yeah. So, and they haven't. Have not. They have not. So, um, obviously, they were going to fight it um you know the coach in his post-game comment said i'm i'm tired of getting these calls on the road well a that's life on the road uh b uh, you're gonna get the short end of the stick because these are although it's strange because minnesota state's a wcha team and ASU sees these officials <laughs> all the time. So, it's, so exactly. while they're not, quote-unquote, in a conference, they're still seeing these referees and officials all the time. I assume yes. that the coach, because of the deal, has this, the, the same input that the other coaches in the WCHA have in terms of rating officials, because why would you not? Right. I mean, I don't yeah. know. This might be a question for us to ask the coach next week. Um I, the officials didn't call anything originally, and and I and I and and, and I don't think 
that it was a, a five-minute major. And I guess the rule says you either have to call nothing or a five-minute major once you look at it on replay. But maybe that's the rule that has to change. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the rule that has but, to change. And maybe, but listen, uh, you know, what Brinson and Josh went and stuck up for their, you know, went and stuck up for their teammates. Um, I, I do. I think they're getting. I don't have to think whether they're getting a reputation or not. Clearly, uh, at least in the the internet world they are uh, yeah. but i don't know and okay. i don't listen i don't know listen i don't know if i want to hear from the people in minnesota and north dakota who i'll say it act like they're entitled to everything to be their way in college <laughs> hockey okay you don't have to say it i just did I don't care, okay? Um, because they're looking to yell and scream about the slightest thing that goes wrong with this program and say, oh, see, they don't really belong in college hockey. Dad, what are they doing in the desert? Hey, people from Minnesota and North Dakota, shut up. We don't care. Okay? You're entitled to your opinion, but who the heck are you to say who should have a program and who shouldn't? Right. Well, here's here's my next question. We know what the reputation is is like yep. out there, right? Yep. We know how the calls have gone against them. Right. So my question is, you got two choices, right? Here's choice number one. You can continue to let this happen and fight through it that way. Or do you change your style of play to try to avoid these types of situations? Do you become a quote-unquote more skilled team and quit trying to make a hit and just take the puck and go down and try to score and try to put seven on the board every night and uh, beat everybody that way. And that's well, my first question. Of all, and I was waiting to ask the coach that today. Well, here's what I'll say to that since you didn't get to ask the coach. Number one, it's hockey, right? Yep. It, it's supposed to be a physical game. All right. Okay. That's one. Two, do you want to sit there and say that some of the stuff that goes on after the whistle uh, is a lack of discipline. Well, the coach has already told us that. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and, no, I, no, I'm, what and I'm talking when about you is- say a quote unquote bag skate, I guarantee you that was part of it this afternoon, this morning too. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. And as far as you have to deal with the reputation, whether you like it or not, because eventually it, it, the only way to change it is to just win consistently. Because that's right. Because winning, winning pushes all of that aside. Because people are just looking for something to complain about. Yeah. Okay. There's a segment of the college hockey society that doesn't want ASU to succeed. To succeed. Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. There's there's some that there's a part of it that does. Okay. But there's definitely a part of the college hockey world that does not want ASU to succeed. And the more that they can keep ASU down by whatever imagined means they can think of, they're all for it. So, yep. and, and there's nothing that anybody can do about that. Well, let me, let me throw back to my playing days, and I certainly didn't play in the, uh, in the collegiate ranks. But as, as I was growing up playing, my philosophy was I'm short, I'm small, and I'm 200 now, but I wasn't 200 in high school. And the, and, the, and the theory was that every time you tried to hit me, my goal was you try to hit me once, I'm going to score twice on you. I'm going to figure out a way to score twice on you because if that puck goes in the net twice. Uh, so what I'm getting at is a guy like Steen Pashnik who's six foot four, and you know that as soon as he steps on the ice for every shift, there's a guy in stripes that's got his eyes focused on him to see what he's going to do. Does Steam have to change his game slightly to go, okay, I can't take the big hit. I can't give the big hit. I have to get in front of the net. I have to try to score. I have to rub people all along the boards. But I can't get engaged with everybody on the ice that's smaller than me, which is pretty much everybody in hockey because he's 6'4", well, 200 and something. But 
I'm just asking if he has to change his style of play somewhat to avoid that. Now, I know how stupid that sounds because look at look at a guy like Dom Garcia, you know, two weeks ago when he rocked a kid. And, and Dom's certainly not a huge, huge body guy, but he rocked a guy. Um, and you look at Jacob Wilson. Jake's this big, strong kid, but he's not Steen Pashnik size. No. So I'm wondering if they're getting, you know, a couple of years ago it was Louis Rowe. He was the target. You know, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. I, anyway, Listen, I, don't I just want to bring this, that up as a topic. I don't want to put this on the refs because uh, some of the scrutiny, like you said, the coach brought it up at the beginning of the year. We have to stay out of the box. And that's a polite way for saying we, we probably have to change our ways a little bit. Um if you watch the hits, if you watch the incident with Pashnik over the weekend, um, the argument on the ASU side was he was trying to avoid hitting somebody who didn't have the puck and didn't see the guy there. You, you, you could make that argument. That's a legitimate. You might not agree with it, but it's a legitimate argument. Um, as far as what your philosophy was as a smaller guy. Well, this is also not the eighties Edmonton Oilers <laughs> where, you know, um, so, uh, do adjustments have to be made? Yeah, I think so. And they're going to have to make more adjustments this weekend because, uh, they're going to go play on an Olympic sheet. So, yeah. um, yeah. they're going to have to make much more of an adjustment to that than anything else right now. And um, it's going to be a very, very interesting weekend. All right. Before we jump into that, let's uh, do our pitchfork profile. Let's bring in uh, Evan DeBrower, the uh, sophomore goaltender, the guy that's backed up all season long uh, last season for Joey Decord. And um, now he's getting his chance. So let's bring in Evan DeBrower. Let's talk uh, pitchfork profile, and then let's come back and uh, discuss what Evan told us. So we'll be right back with Evan DeBrower. Welcome in, hockey fans. It's another Pitchfork Profile. I've got a goaltender with me. i got Evan DeBrower with me. So, Evan, you got a smile on your face, so I'm thinking you put the weekend a little bit behind you, but tell me a little bit about the weekend and what it was like having to go up to Minnesota State and play that caliber of a team. Yeah, they're, they're a really good team, and uh, when you play them on the road, it makes it all that much more difficult. Um, opening weekend for them, so they were chomping at the bit to get going. And, yeah, his obviously a tough weekend came away with two losses um i thought the scores didn't really dictate how close the games were especially the saturday game but at the end of the day i mean they got four points and we didn't get any so it was a disappointing weekend but i think we're putting it behind us we're looking forward to the next one all right when you looked at your schedule this year you knew what you had right and you knew you were going to face them and you knew what they were going to be bringing back but you also knew you have some games down the road where you can get some w's and it's really, when you're non-conference, it's about racking up wins, right? Yeah, it sure is. And I think that, um, like, last year, it was the same thing. We played uh, Fairbanks the first weekend, and then the next weekend we played Ohio State. Right. So it was, like, getting thrown right into the fire uh, last year, just like this year. And so I think it's a good, like, I think that's why they did it again this year. It's a good uh, way to measure ourselves and, and, you know, show the young guys how hard it is to win in uh, college hockey against good teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a long season. And like you said, I mean, being the, uh, being not in a conference, it's all about getting wins. So that's our main objective right now. Talk to me a little bit about your summer. It was a little disappointing in the fact that your dog got to your passport and <laughs> wouldn't let you go to China, but you overcame it. You stuck with it. You hung in there. Um, adversity is nothing new to you and you can handle it, I take it. Yeah, yeah. Well, being a goalie, you're, uh, there's lots of adversity. So that, that's, that's a first. <laughs> I'd, I'd never had a, an experience like that before, but, I mean, we pushed through it. We're, we're good to go now. It's just unfortunate <laughs> that I couldn't go, but that's the way it is. All right, so you got a full season in front of you right now. You, last year, the, the guys named you the hardest practice player of the year because of your work in practice. You played behind Joey Decord. Now you got a battle with, uh, with the other two guys that came in here, but yet you've got the experience, right? You've been through a whole season of NCAA hockey. You know what that's like. Mm -hmm. um, 
Tell me how you feel your role fits right now. Where do you, where do you, where's your comfort zone with the Arizona State Sun Devils? I feel really comfortable here. I mean, I think that even though I didn't play last year, they treated me so well, and I never felt like I wasn't an important piece of the team. Um, so I feel just like any other guy in that dressing room feels right now. I mean, like it's, I think everybody has a part to play on this team, and everybody knows that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think having the experience of being here for a year and just knowing what's expected of you um, is really nice. I think uh, the first year is always hard uh, coming to a new team. So, yeah, I feel really comfortable. I feel really good. Okay, we all know Coach Powers is a real competitor, right? <laughs> I'm sure you got a chance to feel for that last year, but yep. what's the locker room like this year after facing the adversity you had to face up there? Uh, how was a Tuesday practice after a weekend like you guys had this last weekend? Well, I mean, he's, he's a competitive guy, but he's also, uh, you know, he's a player's coach, and he's, he's in there with us, right? So it's not, you know, when he, he tells you what needs to be said, but he's also there for support, and so... Um, you know, practice today wasn't overly difficult. I think we were just uh, focused on the details and things that we can control. I mean, we had a meeting uh, before practice, and basically it was, you know, about there's things in hockey that you can't control and things that you can control. And right now our problem is the things that we can control, we're not doing a good enough job of controlling. So uh, today that was kind of the main focus. So when you look at the last four games or the first four games of the season, you don't really see a glaring issue in goaltending. I mean, you guys have, have done fairly well in the, in the goaltending end of it. It's just a, a matter of kind of getting, I mean, you got a bad bounce in the, in the opening game and, and took the loss, and then you go into a juggernaut in Minnesota State. Mm -hmm. But how's the whole team overall? I mean, is everybody looking at, you know, we got to score more, we got to play better defense. Is it a team as a whole type project? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, we'd like, obviously, coming from a weekend where we only had one goal in two games, you'd like to score more goals. That's definitely something that's uh, been talked about. But, I mean, as a team, um, I think that we've had good parts this year and, and we've had, you know, things about our game that we really need to, to work on. But the good thing is um, it's not stuff that can't be fixed right away. It's, sure. it's all just... Uh, you know, mental mistakes and, and things that we can really control. And we can go into Air Force uh, this weekend and, and fix all those problems and have a great weekend and get two wins. So, yeah, I think there's – I think that there's still a lot of positives that we see. You know, last year I put out a number. I said, I think you need 22 wins to get into the national tournament. You guys got 23. Mm -hmm. This year I put that number at 24, and I put it at that number because I felt like you weren't quite as – story to program that you were facing this year you had a little bit more gaps in the, in the schedule I thought you need 24 wins mm -hmm. do you guys talk about number of wins you need to get somewhere when you're not in a conference or do you just strictly look at one game at a time one win at a time and see where it all falls out yeah you try to look at one game at a time I mean if you start <laughs> trying to keep track of how many wins you have and oh I'll well, do that for you. yeah you know well we <laughs> lost this game so it means we gotta no like you can't do that you'll drive yourself nuts uh and the team will not be good because of it so it's all about the next game all we can worry about is uh air force right now and that's why we were so successful last year is because every single week it was like okay who's next who's next and is that's all we cared about and that's what made us you know make it all right, final question for you. Tell me about the goaltender room. You've got uh, not only three different styles, but you've got three different sizes of goaltenders. You've got you, you've got Max, and you've got Justin. Uh, what do you guys do in a, in a room, and how, how's that room? Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we all get along really well. They're, they're great guys, and uh, yeah, I, I don't really. <laughs> Is there something, though, that you can take from each other, even being different statures and different styles of goaltenders, or... I mean, do you look at Justin sometimes and say, I want to be quicker or do this or do that? Or does he look at you and say, man, I wish I was taller or maybe I have to make myself <laughs> taller? Uh, I think we all have <laughs> things that in our games that we're right. really good at, like certain elements of our games um, that we're, we're strong at. And so, like, I would look at Justin, and, and I think that he stays over, over top of the puck really well. And right. I think, you know, like, for his size, he covers a lot of net. And uh, you can just tell he's played that way his entire life because he's had to. 
So that's something that's, you know, I guess, yeah, I would look at that and be like, oh, I wish that was one of my strengths, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think you can always look at another goalie and, and learn from them. And, uh, yeah. Speaking of another goalie, I, I lied to you. This is the last question for you. But have you heard from Joey Decord since he got into the, uh, the professional ranks? And what kind of advice has he given you for this year? Yeah, I, I talked to him uh, at Brinson's wedding. Okay. Uh, I saw him there, and we had, a, we had a nice chat, chatted for about half an hour. Um, yeah, I think he just said, um, just enjoy it. And, and, you know, he just reiterated that I'm ready and that I can do this. Um, and, yeah, he just was there for support and told me to call him if I ever need anything. So, yeah, we still keep a really close relationship. Joey and I got along really well last year. So, yeah. All right, Evan DeBrower, you heard it first. He's ready to start racking up some wins. Let's do it this weekend at Air Force. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. All right, we're back, Paul Hornstein. You had a chance to listen to the Pitchfork profile this week with Evan DeBrower, the sophomore goaltender, who, uh, let's be honest, he's, he's kind of had an up and down, up and down summer and start of the season. His dog ate his passport. He didn't get to go to China. He he survived. The, I asked him today, and he heard it. I said, tell me about the adversity. Uh, he said, I'm a goaltender. I'm used to adversity. But he said, that's a first for me. Um, he kind of chuckled. He moved on from it. Now he's in a little bit of a battle, though, because I don't know that there's a clear-cut number one. I don't know if there's a clear-cut number two and a clear-cut number three. No, so, I, don't, tell me I, your I don't think there is. I, I don't think there is. Um, first of all, uh, I thought that, uh, uh, Evan was pretty good after a while in, in, in that first Minnesota state game. Uh, I think at one point he, I don't, I have it written down. I don't have it in front of me. I probably should have brought those notes with me, but, uh, he came up with a big save late in the uh, first period of the first game, I believe it was. And he yeah. was very solid after that. Um, and he came out on on Saturday, was playing pretty well. Uh, they got the five-minute major, and Minnesota State went bang-bang, scored two quick goals, and I think the coach was just trying to change and break up the momentum a little bit. He brought Justin Robbins in, which caught me by surprise. Did not realize, as, as hmm. you can tell, sitting on the, you know, from the bench, that, uh, that uh, you know, who the number two, you know, who the backup goalie is. But... Uh, Justin came in in a tough spot, and I thought he played pretty well. Gave up one goal in, like, 15 or 16 shots. But I thought uh, he definitely was a different style from Evan and Max, who were definitely more up and down. And uh, yeah. Justin was more side to side. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, and he's very quick side to side, I might add. And, and I don't know what the coach is going to do. You can't really tell from these first four games. Um, would I be surprised? If Justin Robbins got a start this weekend, no. Would I be surprised if Max got a start this weekend? No. Would I be surprised if Evan got one or two starts this weekend? No. As a matter of fact, if either one of those other guys played <laughs> both games, I, I wouldn't be surprised at this point. Uh, because I don't think that, uh, at least in, I don't know about practice because I'm not there. But at least Let me tell you about practice, and then you can finish it. Okay. In practice today, they rotated three goaltenders regularly. They rotated them down the ice, back in and out. I mean, everybody played equal amounts today. Okay. Um, you know, I just uh, I don't know where any of them stand, and none of it would surprise me in terms of who plays this weekend. There, I don't think there's a clear cut number one. At this point, and I don't know if we'll even find out after this weekend coming up. No, so. I, I don't think so. But what I will tell you from this coming weekend as they travel to Air Force is they have to find some scoring, some oh, secondary yeah. scoring for Absolutely. sure. I mean, 
that line that was Gruber, Bush, and uh, Steen Pashnik for a little while, and and you, you name it, Logan Genuine, you put whoever else you want in there, they they have to step up. I mean, they're, they're seniors there, right? Well, we're not going to have Gruber, right. so now it's going to be up to Bushy and whoever gets in that lineup. Well, um, second, secondly is, I think you need some consistency, and, and I don't want to call people out again, but you know, I'd like to see Demetrius Kumanzis play a little bit more like he did game two instead of games one, three, and four. And was he bad? No, he wasn't bad. No. But he's got another level. And we saw it in that second game, that Sunday afternoon game against Mercyhurst. When he takes over, he, he's hard to stop. You know, and, um, uh, and I got a couple pictures to prove it. <laughs> uh, listen, um, you know, uh, this is – I don't think we're, sit, we're telling any tales out of school the, where they – I mean, even the nice top line – by the way. Nice Thank reference, you. by the way, coming from a school teacher. Yeah, well, Go ahead. listen, we're, we're, <laughs> even with the top line, they only scored one goal this weekend. Right. And part yeah. of that is Dryden McKay. Yeah, he's, big he's, part of it. You know, he's without a doubt a stud goalie. Um, there's, you know, they might only face one other goalie at that level this year uh, yeah. when they play Vermont. Um, yeah. But um, so that was part of it, but they didn't generate a whole lot of dangerous scoring chances either. Uh, part of that was they spent the entire third period of game two in the penalty yeah. box, yeah. Uh, you know, um, and when they had some chances uh, on sat on Friday night, they gave up a shorthanded goal, um, which was the backbreaker in that Friday night game. So, yes. you know, there's plenty of, blame slash credit to go around um, uh, part of your conversation with Evan was him telling you the coach was not happy not just with the officials but he wasn't too right. happy with the guys in the locker room either right uh, he didn't say it that way but oh we saw it though on Saturday in the lineup he wasn't happy Friday night and the lineup changed on Saturday yeah well uh, and I'm pretty sure that it showed a little bit more today uh, when you were over at practice. Oh, yeah. So, uh, once again, we're not telling any tales out of school here. And, you know, we're not... a great reference. Well, it's the same one, but... I know, but it's a good one, though. Yeah. Just keep going back to the goodies. You know, well, <laughs> got to be consistent, right? So... Right. Oh, good one, because that's exactly what the Sun Devil Hockey Team needs, a little more consistency on the offense. Very nice, side. yes, yes. And uh, better find it this weekend when you go up to uh, Colorado Springs because uh, you know this. Um, I watched probably about a game, about a game's worth of action uh, over the weekend of Air Force and Notre Dame. Um, between uh, you know, some of it was on at the same time as ASU was on on Friday night, so I didn't really get a chance to watch those games. But uh, Air Force came out in both games. Scored first. As a matter of fact, in the Friday night game, they were up two nothing yeah. against Notre Dame, and Notre Dame just mm -hmm. wore them down and wore them down and wore them down. Um, you know one thing: Air Force is going to play hard for sixty minutes, and you Oof. better match and you better match their intensity uh, because even if you are the better team talent wise, and I think Notre Dame kind of just like I said, they they don't want to. I don't want to say they took them lightly. But A was their first game. B, you know, did, they took them lightly. <laughs> they might have. They might have. Um, but well, here, here's what I think's got to happen. I think they got to start finishing their chances. There's way too much talent on that ice to not finish chances. Well, that's what we I think know, anyway. I know. You remember this last year, though, Paul? I told you that I watched a practice where they had they had um, tires up all over the ice. As obstructions, and I, I heard Mike Field talk to a bunch of guys going like, "I know those are obstructions out there, but you don't see obstructions. You see around and areas around the obstructions." And I think right now they're trying to be too precise. That okay. it happened in practice today. They're they're ripping shots from the you know, when you rip one from the sideboards and you miss the net. Guess where it goes? Rings around the board and comes out the other side. Yeah. If you take that. 
down from a little more the face off that now you get a chance for a rebound and they're not getting rebounds they're not getting second chances because no they got none the first sh- the first shot is not the quality shot for a rebound so if you don't score in the first shot you got to at least give your guys a chance to get a rebound and I don't think that that's happening right now and I hope that that's something that changes quickly because yeah, they're going to have to if they're going to win games yeah because uh, it definitely didn't happen this weekend against Minnesota State and they didn't get a whole bunch of those against uh, Mercyhurst either. Um, well, they had the puck possession. They just didn't they get did. the good shots. They, well, they didn't get the good shots. If you don't get good shots, you can't score. Yep. But you know. the, the frustrating part of that is, is let, let's just call it the way it is. I mean, Mankato, or Minnesota State Mankato moved up to number two in the, in the right. rankings. Oh, no, with, no. With the Bulldogs lost. I mean, you're, Minnesota you're playing State's a good team. possibly a Frozen Four team. Yeah. A really good chance that are frozen fourteen. So I mean, you, you can't be too tough on that. And I hope that you don't let that bring you down so that you play to a lower level and then get beat by a team you should beat, like like an Air Force. So I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say it as we get ready to close things out here. I'm gonna say the magic number is twenty three because. You still got to get 23 more wins. <laughs> I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Because... <laughs> so, and, and I asked Kevin that today. You heard me. I said, do you guys start counting wins or do you just try to play every game out? He gave me the answer that I hoped he was going to give me. He said, we just play every he game. Wanted as to say. He's going to say. But you know what? Bad. You got to. Okay, listen. Inside that locker room, there's a sign that says 58 hours and 22 minutes and 10 seconds till the next game or whatever it reads. Right. Every every time you go in there, right. so they're counting down to the next game. I also think that not not in the top of your head, but in the back of your head, somewhere in the corner of the room, there's got to be a chart that says we need to start making X's. And I told Evan, I said, if you guys don't do it, I'll do it for you. So you can just come to me and ask me where we are in this countdown. But you, you got 35 games in a hockey season, the college hockey season, and if you need 24 to get in the tournament. I'm no idiot. I can do the math. That means if you lose 12 games, you haven't reached your goal. So right now you've lost three games, right? You only got nine to give here. And they don't have any, they don't have any more margin for error. We already we discussed that last week. And uh, until I see something different, right? So I mean, here we go to Air Force. We got to do something. I, I I like and I don't like the way the schedule lays out. I didn't like it and I did like it from the beginning, both because I like the the power teams, if you will, Quinnipiac, Denver, Michigan Tech, all of them coming in the first of the month. I, I liked having a little time in between, but now I'm a little nervous about that time in between because now you've got an off week again, and I don't know if I like those. But when you said Michigan Tech, did you mean Alaska, who beat Michigan Tech twice at home <laughs> last weekend? Right. That's what you meant. Yeah. You, you didn't really yeah, oh, yeah. Michigan Tech. You meant Alaska. All right. Well, Okay, how about Alaska and Michigan Tech? Because we got them both. <laughs> and then we got Vermont, and we got to go out east. So you, you got to start. You got to start putting it together on the ice, finishing your chances, and that will result in crossing off X's, which I'm going to start this week. The little pitchfork with numbers and start crossing them off and keep going. The same thing I'm going to do with Johnny Walk because Johnny's got to start getting on the schneid here. He's got three goals in four games, and that's just not good enough. I see that. I see it. Little X. I see it. Down next now, and here's the best part of that. If you're on the podcast, can't see that. So yeah, no well, they're better off. Listen, no they're, if they're listening to the podcast, they're better off. because They don't have to see us. So they can just hear us. Yeah, right. Faces for radio. Okay. So let's close things up by saying the trip this weekend is to uh, Air Force Academy, the Olympic ice sheet. Frank Saratori and all that he is as a comment. If there's one place I would like to go on a road trip, it would be there just to visit with Frank. Um, his quote, his okay. quotes for the week will be, be very good. Um, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to say ASU comes home with a sweep. Um, I, it's going to be a difficult one, but I think they're going to get off the uh, scoring slump that they're in and they're going to start pumping some goals in and, I think I think kind of like you do. I think Justin Robbins is going to get a start either Friday or Saturday, um, and I'm leaning more towards Friday because I think he looked pretty solid in that little stint he had in the end of Game Two at Minnesota State. Uh, I'll leave your, your, your thoughts. I will leave the predictions to you. Uh, no predictions, just thoughts. 
thoughts. I have lots of thoughts. Um, yeah, listen, they got to start scoring. And, I mean, that's the bottom line. Um, you can get all the great goaltending in the world. If, you, if, you put, if you're putting a zero up on your side of the board, it doesn't matter how great your goaltending is or how bad your goaltending is or how in between your goaltending is because your goaltending is not likely to be perfect. And right. the only way to get anything out of you not scoring is your goaltender to be perfect. And that's just not real. And that's just not the way it is. That's, that's not what you can expect. Um, stay out of the box and put some points up because you haven't done it yet. I'm going to, I'm going to leave this one on, on the statement from uh, Jacob Wilson. I said, what do you have to do to get a couple of wins in airports? He said, play good hockey. That's it. Hashtag play good hockey. There you go. <laughs> All right, Paul. Let's thank our sponsors and get out of here until next week. We got hockey to watch. We got I, I got a busy week. I got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, it's gonna be crazy busy. We got ACHA stuff, we got NCAA stuff, we've got professional stuff. I've got uh, the Golden Knights going on right now. I got Seth watching the Coyotes who used to be at least leading uh Winnipeg tonight. So a lot of good stuff going on. We'll thank our sponsors at the Ice Den. Scottsdale and Chandler Oceanside Ice Arena for giving us the uh, the primo spots in yep, uh, Oceanside. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, College Bar and Grill was down there again today visiting with Nick and didn't have time to have my sandwich, but uh, enjoy the visit down there. Two times, the 30th and the 6th, we're going to be down there for Hockey Talks, the 30th of October, right. 6th of November. And then, uh, of course, our friends uh, over at Behind the Mask uh, outfitted us. We got some stuff at the embroidery shop as we speak, so we're going to be looking really good with some stuff from behind the mask. Well, you I'll don't like shout this? Out to them. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love it. I love it. You don't like my <laughs> ASU Hawaiian shirt? You don't like that? You can see this on the yeah. podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. Where, where, do you, where do you think you're going? The hula bowl or what? <laughs> uh, somebody's paying for me to go. I'm in. <laughs> they didn't have that All anymore. right. Yeah, I don't think so. But who, <laughs> that's so who else might Who we else am I missing on our... Why, Our friends over at Oxypot, we can't miss that either. <laughs> All of our good friends out there uh, stepping up to help us out, put on a broadcast. And stay tuned next week for another College Hockey Southwest Weekly Podcast. We'll be reviewing what was the weekend at Air, at Air Force. We'll also be talking with Coach Powers again on his five-minute powers play. We'll be back out of the meeting stuff and back into the locker room. Hopefully a happy locker room with a couple Hopefully. of wins under his belt. Be nice. And we'll pick up another Pitchfork profile and get inside the heads of some of your uh, your uh, NCAA Sun Devils. So cool. for Scott Strandy, Paul Hornstein, Paul, have a great week, and uh, we'll talk next week. We'll see you next week. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your prime with M-Drive.